Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. We are so glad you're here joining us. We have a very special topic to talk about today. It's one of my favorite topics, and it's the thing that I believe that God is doing in the church today. He's doing on the earth today, um, the kind of people that he is forming. Um, this is the very nature of who he is. And so I am so excited to talk to you about this today. Like we're going to be talking about the new breed of missionaries, um, which we call Roaring Lambs, um, this new mission force. And before we jump into this new breed of missionaries, um, my first question is, what do you believe God is doing on the earth right now? We're seeing a lot of shaking in the church, in the world. We are now living in a post-Roe America. We are facing a, a huge recession right now. We are reeling from that. The global pandemic has caused a global crisis where economies are trying to figure out how to rebuild. People are figuring out how to start their lives again. Um, and the global church is being reawakened in the middle of this. So from your perspective and what you feel God is speaking and doing, um, can you share with us a few things that you're seeing as you travel? Yeah, first of all, uh, we're just passing eight billion people. I think it is this month we're passing eight billion people in the world. So we've never had such a population. And there's geopolitical changes. The whole world is changing. And the whole world is also being shook, is being shaken. So uh, there's, it's not very difficult to do a diagnosis what is taking place. The other thing that you will see now is everything from what's happening with NATO connected to Putin and what's happening in Ukraine, as well as what's what happened with China and Taiwan. And you could go into a lot of the global issue. But what you're seeing is America, when it started to lose its morality, what it actually happened, if you take us back just very quickly in history so that people can get a framework for this, because I think it is important. But there's been about 26 different times in world's history where the world went from being a unipolar world. And what I mean by that is that there was one nation like Pax Romana, meaning Rome was in control. The world came to Rome and Rome came to the world. There's a reason Jesus was born during a unipolar war. One nation that was in control and influenced other nation. That's kind of also where the apostleship came from, where, where, where the, the Caesar wanted the same culture that he had in other places when they went and occupied territory. But then when the morality of those nations, you can see that all the way from creation started to go down. Other nations came up and then war ended up and then tension ended up and it became a global and the war became a multipolar war, meaning that there was many different systems fighting against each other for war power. They came into alliances and it ended up with a bipolar war, meaning they usually end up with two nations then on a global level and you had to choose which side. The last ones, I'm just giving you a very simple, quick 1849 to 1851. In the early days, Great Britain started out as a Great Britain. Oh, they certainly let's get school system, education, missionaries. There was a move of God's spirit, the William Carey's and et cetera, et cetera. So they were actually making the world a better place when they were in control. But then the morality came down. And again, let's take some gold and let's take some spices. And we started to take and instead of empowering people, 
more of the war was not a better place and Ottawa was an opposition. So then you had a whole colonization thing that was going on where different powers went in and who's going to control what in the world and the colonies came. That led to World War I. Later on, World War II, guess what happened? Multipolar war, two nations was left. So when you're looking at the picture of three government leaders with a napkins, somebody lost there and that was Soviet Union and America was left so which side are you going to be on? So you had communism against capitalism and you have two wall that was going to be detention in 1945. Mm -hmm. Then starts this whole weather pattern again that any one of us who had the spirit of the sons of Issachar, and that's our calling is of the 12 tribe, only one was priestly tribe. But one of those tribes was the sons of Issachar that's supposed to help the rest of the tribe to know, understand the time, but also knowing what to do. So this is just reading the times, but also knowing what mm -hmm. to do in the middle of those times. Is this a Kairos moment for God's people? That's a big question. Anyway, I'm putting this and I'm going to kind of get to the point of where we're at then. So then what happened, we can see it traces since 1945, the whole thing, including the tension was going on in Cuba with the missiles and going back to the Kennedy days, what's happening in Vietnam, and the list just goes on and on and on, because we sometimes forget these things. And this is, for us as believers, from eternity past to eternity future, we have to then understand the time where we're at as part of God's big picture and see things from heaven's perspective into this tiny place called Earth. 8 billion people and what is actually going on in the earth? What is God doing? And each one, what, what is our place? Those are the three questions as part of a bigger picture because a lot of people are waking up in the morning and we're being affected by what's happening in this world, but we don't know how to affect the world because we don't understand the time. So in 1988, the bell and wall fell. And wow, the world was kind of a, what's going on here? Oh, then in 89, December of 89, Ceausescu, who ran Romania, any one of us that was involved back then, remember. But as a generation, it was not around the Cold War era. And then guess what happened again? 1991, Soviet Union fell. And that's what we're seeing even with the Ukraine and what's going on. All of this connection. And this is for us as kingdom people that are disciple mm. nations to see the connection of all of those things that is taking place and the languages used by China, by Putin, by everything else, all the news that is coming in, recognizing what is based upon history, but also based upon destiny, what time are we living in? And then that led to, as I'm saying again, America, the next 10 years, in 1991 to 2001, that's a little more previous history, you went through a 10-year period of time that was the greatest harvest we've ever seen in the world's history. 335 million people came into the kingdom in that season. Why? Because America had a unipolar world, meaning that the world came to America, America went into the world. Dollar is the currency, and the reason we can do what we do, and the gold is purchased in dollar, oil is, etc. So America's been able to do things, and the people, especially you saw after September 11, the world pretty much, including the enemy, unify around America. It was almost a level of humility came in, and it was an attack against the world, and America had a chance. But they did the same mistake that has been done 26 times in the past. They lost its morality. You started this us against them, and then we started into a new era from trying to go after the Al-Qaeda and stop the ones that did it to the war in Iraq and the list goes on and on and on to where we are at today. So when America started to lose its morality, other nation rise stopped. So you saw it already by 2002, Putin made a statement. 2002, 
China started to make a statement that America is no longer maintaining the unipolar world. So for 20 years, as America is starting to go down and lose its morality, other nations coming up, China's positioning itself globally by from what's happening in Africa, all over the world. You don't have to travel the world without recognizing all those things that is taking place. And in the middle of that now, we're in the middle of a major shift and a major shaking because you're moving into a whole, and it's, the world will not be the same. So trying to find out, even two, three years ago, you're not going to be able to identify. On kingdom perspective, God is doing something new. And of course, that's going to be our topic today. God is doing something new. But when he's doing something new, it's never happened before. So everybody, we need to honor the history, but we have to also recognize the newness of what God is doing and not trying to go back and try to be familiar how we knew him before. But we have to recognize that still small voice in all the noise that is happening, both on a global level, but it's affecting everybody through social media, through TV and news, because bad news right now is all over the place. And we have the next 18 months, at least as a very bumpy road and depending on how God's people respond to it has a lot to do with how the next 18 months is going to end up. And this is the beauty for us mm -hmm. that are kingdom seekers. And that's part of our topic today. Yeah, that's right. It is, we are seeing a huge shaking right now. So it is so important for us to know uh, what God is doing on the earth right now, what he is inviting his church, his bride into. Um, and something that you say often, um, if our listeners are familiar with your language, is you talk about the lamb nature versus the lion nature. And both natures uh, are God's nature. He is both lion and lamb. Um, but I would love to take some time to really define what you mean by the lamb nature, where you first encountered this, how it impacted your life, and how you became a uh, you you took on that lamb nature for yourself as well. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I can identify exactly when the language started coming about because I've theologically understood this language, but the practicality definitely it started with a baptism of love, because in my sonship when I went from mm -hmm. an orphan because in the orphan state. I operated as a lion, but did not, the, the, the value of the lamb was very, very different. But after the baptism of love, suddenly the lamb became alive in you and you started to develop the lamb's heart because that's what the sonship is. So to put it in a simple eternal framework, Jesus in the beginning was a lion together with his father that eventually came down to this earth as a lamb so that we could become lamb that starts to operate as lions. So, so do you even see that as John the Baptist that came with his forerunner anointing to prepare the prepares for the preparation of what's to come? And the scriptures is actually talk, but if you talk about this wild guy, I mean, he was a lion and he's waiting for the one that is going to come. My thing is, I'm a lion and he roared and this John the Baptist that still was the greatest among of all the Old Testament prophets. His thing was to prepare people now because there's going to come. The lion king is coming. The real lion king. If you think who I am, oh, there's nothing. But I'm roaring, coming against the system and that, that spear because he came in the spirit of Elijah. <clears throat> Roar, the Bible says. And then in the next moment, when I saw him and he recognized him, he says, wow, behold, the lamb of God. So he suddenly realized what I was looking for was a lion. Instead, I saw a lamb. So that's mm -hmm. John, the lion himself. And so 
this word, what John recognized, I'm not the Christ. Are you the Elijah? I am not. He says, no, I am not. But who are you? I am the one voice that is calling out in the wilderness to prepare the way. And he didn't know in the beginning. He says, look, the Lamb of God that will take away the sin of the world. So the Lamb's nature, I actually came to deal with the sin issue that is going on in the world, mm -hmm. the darkness issue. So even in the book of Revelation, you see both the there is not going to be sun or moon. And we know, of course, the whole universe is being lit up and even warmed and the whole ecosystem is connected both to mm. the moon and the sun. But it's not going to be that in the future. It's going to only be the lamb. So if you're thinking in you, there is a lamb that for the whole universe is going to warm and heat up as well as light the whole universe of a lamb. That's the lamb. So sometimes I think we can underestimate the power of the lamb. So I started just to... From a practical perspective, realizing that, and I, I use, of course, my chair language, that it became another mm -hmm. language for me to realizing that the whole structure that I was part of, not just in missiology, but in life, that we value the lion. We value that what you're going to do is we're going to get these small little cubs and we're going to raise them up to become powerful lion that's going to overcome and we're going to take the darkness. We're going to be the bulldozer that was prophesied over me until the baptism of love, just like John the Baptist, I saw a lamb, and I saw the power of the lamb, and I had been going into 54 nations, seen a half a million people saved, and here, but I went in there with a lion nature, but there was still something missing, and I didn't know what it was, and I knew there was a lamb in there, but when I realized that, mm -hmm. I started to value it different, because I realized the secret to everything in the kingdom, I'm not talking about it not important, but I said the identity needs to be in the lamb, all kingdom matters is matters of the heart and that if you don't have the lamb's heart and you start to operate with the authority of the lion without the identity the identity is in the lamb the authority in the lion and when you roar people will gather and not scatter and you say yes. what about the spirit of elijah that john the baptist came well jesus rebuked that in john john was a lion and he came in the spirit of Elijah. I want the same fire that Elijah had. That's actually what they did. The brothers knew this is a good thing when the Samaritans is not accepting Jesus. So automatically these two lions, they knew this is, this is the way to operate in discipleship. But Jesus rebuked them. Why would he rebuke them when they operate in the spirit of Elijah? Because that was an old, that was the old covenant. And Elijah had some anger issue. He had some depression issue. He had some other issue. He, he didn't come from the lamb's heart. But Jesus was showing them, and in the journey of John, as a lion, fire from heaven, he started to be together. And more and more he spent time with the lamb, the more he became like a lamb. And later on in the book of Revelation, he's the one who gave us such a beautiful language of yes. the lamb's heart, but also the authority of the lion. And the time in Revelation 5, when it becomes a lion, it becomes a lamb. So this just became a language for me. And I realized, mm -hmm. including how I behave in the Muslim world, they were not afraid of my lion. They were not afraid. Well, I have authority over this and that. Well, there is another roaring lion that roar against you. So which one? And we see that on a global level. We see it in politics. We see it us against them. We see it even in the prophets and how we behave in regard to politics and all these geopolitical racial issues. We're seeing so many people that, and I'm not against the dominion theology in itself, in itself. Mm -hmm. If you are figuring out if you do represent the lamb well, Meaning, because I, I believe that you, you rule and reign, but you do that by washing feet. Yes.
So it's just a different way if you say what ruling Iranian looked like. Now we're going to get rid of those people and we're taking over and we these us against them thing. I don't see that in Jesus and I don't see how we are conquering this world in the future. And when I've read the book of ending, it started well in the beginning and it ends well. It started with a family, it ends with a family represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. But how is that going to happen? And where do we fit into it? And what does the lamb has to do with that? That's a very important question for people to capture. That's right. I love how Revelation 4 and 5 paint the picture of the lamb. It starts off where John is in a vision. There's some really epic imagery here that can sometimes feel overwhelming, but it really is so wonderful to give you a picture of the character of Christ and the character of the Almighty. Uh, John turns to the throne that's in the center of the room, expecting to see a lion, but he sees a lamb as if slain. So that tells us there was this lamb was wounded and you could visibly see scars bleeding. Um, and then he goes on to say, you know, the, the, the secret of history is that the heart of the lion is the heart of the lamb. The lion is the almighty, but the heart of the, the lion is the same as the heart of the lamb um, who came and was slain on the foundations of the earth. And I just think my goodness, the, how amazing is that picture of Jesus that um, we have this example of how we are to live our lives in this image of like, to me, this, this, a slaughtered lamb represents pain, hurt. Uh, we know that the slaughtered lamb, Jesus, absorbed the hurts of the world. It's one thing that he did. And um, Revelation goes on to say that the lamb has seven eyes and seven horns. And we know the seven eyes represents wisdom and the horns represent power. And you talk a lot about a, a synergy between power, love, and wisdom um, as as being a picture of Jesus and how we're, we're invited to live our lives because the slaughtered lamb represents the embodiment of sacrificial love. So could you take a few minutes and talk about the character of the lamb, the life of the lamb with that power, love and wisdom that kind of all works together. Yeah. I mean, of course, because we have a tendency, even in the stream for me, I, sometimes we can use, we're using the lamb and lion language, no, but also I have an eagle right here. Sometimes I use the eagle language just what he, because that's also not a scriptural language, including in the book of revelation, but the embodiment is love. And then the wings is power and wisdom. It's just more has to do with now to showing the very, if I'm doing too much power, too much wisdom, I'm going deeper into love. That's just a picture. And then you can look, we almost wrote a book, I say almost, because we have the script where we're going to talk about the lamb, lion, and eagle. Because again, then you can soar. When you have the lamb and the lion nature, now then you have the embodiment of it, and you can get stretch out your wings with power and wisdom. So we're going to put, we put together the dance of all three of them. The, Jesus was full of love, he was power, and he was full of wisdom. And Second Timothy, I think it is one seven says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but power love and a sound mind where wisdom flows from. So the whole picture for me has been the convergence of this. This is part of what we're doing, including the master classes that we start on September 5th. My heart has been, because I realized we're living in a worldwide orphanage where the orphans are taking over. And most of them do not even aware of, and a lot of them are coming against the lion mainly because they didn't have the lamb's heart. And they've seen the behavior of a lot of uh, lions that is chewing at each other and everything else because they don't have the lamb's heart. But the world, including some of the people that I serve in some of the darkest places in the world, I never met the lamb. 
And when I met the lamb, I'm similar like John. Uh, when not just John in the book of Revelation, but also John the Baptist, when you certainly have an encounter with a lamb, and you, of course, have seen just the videos and the stories and the testimony, but you can have a radical person walking into this room that hates you. And then in a matter of about 30 minutes, that person will grab around you and says, I love you, doesn't even exist, a Shia Muslim leader, and in the next moment, I will give my life for you. So how do you go into a room with 400 radicals and change the atmosphere? It is the lamb. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I remember I've always used, and not always, that's a big statement. I have for many, many years, maybe 15 to 20 years, used the expression, you only have authority over what you love and where you love. But the missing piece, Bishop Joseph Gollington at our family gathering in Atlanta said, Leif, but there's another thing to add to that. I agree with you, but there's more. And that is you have authority over what you weep over. And so I realized to some degree, I say you have authority over what you love. But he said, let's describe the lamb's nature. You have authority over what you weep over. And that's when the lamb comes in. And I know what that radical Muslim deserve. And I know that even now I heard one of the Democrats on very much on the left side, some of the things that were saying and the reaction on my way to the office today. And the tendency in me is there's nothing wrong to war. There's nothing wrong to have authority and as a lion or intercede. But the lamb's heart on me is coming in. I know what some of these people deserve. But could you place that on me, everything they deserve, so they can become free? That's the priestly realm. We want to operate in the kingly realm. But if you do not know the priestly realm, that's the minister of reconciliation we talked about last time. And that's connected to the Lamb's heart. That is Jesus. Do you see that Barabbas? Yeah, I know what he deserved. But could you place that on me so that he can become free? That's also lay down lovers. This is what my friend Heidi is doing so well. This is what I'm learning to do throughout the Middle East. And this is what we're raising up. It's very, very, that's a different nature because people don't see the power in it. That's going to be eaten up. If you're showing a little bit too much lamb, that's vulnerability and humility that can suddenly next moment be eaten up. So you better be strong. While it is out of his weakness that his strength is being demonstrated, even Paul recognized that. So the best part of Paul's aspect as a lion, he says, consider kind of as a rubbish, because he realized that it was the value was in the lamb. And that's who he met as a terrorist that changed Saul to become an apostle Paul when he saw him. And he went through the process 14 years in preparation before he became a lamb. And out of that place, he operated as a lion and he started to roar and change atmosphere. So that's so much of my heart is to be able to, it is a heart thing to helping people to develop larger and larger of the heart of the lamb. And then yes, we want some strong, powerful lions in homes and businesses and churches and every aspect of society that love well, but they also then can speak the truth in love. And when they roar, they bring unity in, they're bringing hope in, they're bringing life in, they're bringing, and they're changing atmosphere because they do have authority where they love. Yes, amen, amen, amen. And there's a new breed of missionaries on the earth. And a lot of your time is given to training, resourcing, discipling those who are to influence the worlds around them. And you do that through a myriad of ways. You have a masterclass, uh, blueprint for kingdom identity um, that you've trained hundreds of people in the same thing that we're talking about right now of how to do this. And um, Blueprint for Kingdom Destiny is going to be starting this fall as well. We'll launch both master classes on September 5th. So if you want to join us for that, please do. Um, 
but let's take a few minutes and talk about the way of the land because this new breed of missionaries, there's a blueprint for living that they're given. And I am just thinking about um, what Jesus is inviting us into here. It's this sermon on the Mount lifestyle. It's blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Uh, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. So there's a blueprint for living for these lambs. It's not, um, it, it's, it's, it's not usually what we think it is. It's a bit different. It's, it's the mirror image of Jesus. Um, it's like Paul says in Philippians, I'm in prison, but I have no need. <laughs> it's the co-laboring with Christ. It's the lamb who absorbs the hurts of the world. It's co-laboring with him and absorbing the hurts of the world and living out sacrificial love. It's partnering with him in intercession it's the cry, you must increase, I must decrease. Um, it's the cry of the Moravians, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Um, so Leif, in your experience, what is the way of the lamb? How should we live our lives? Yeah, and, and I think it, I felt like I needed to just share when, when you started to speak about the blueprint for kingdom destiny that I think is a phenomenal journey for anyone. Even if you didn't go through the blueprint for kingdom identity, this can be a key because it starts with actually how Saul was a man after Saul, uh, man's own heart. He, he knew how to be a lion, but he didn't know how to be a lamb. But David was a man after God's own heart. So you saw there was a sunset of Saul. That's what we're seeing in this system. And there's a sunrise of David, the Davidic. And the David, he learned how to develop. That's why he cared for lambs. He was willing to give his life, actually, to save a lamb in a lion's mouth. You can see that he developed the heart by both loving lambs, but also to becoming like a lamb. And he developed the lamb's nature by being a worshiper because what he was beholding, he was becoming. But he also learned a sling. He learned a lion. He learned how to have skill set. So the key, as we're following David's journey through all the training for reigning, through the Bethlehem stage where he learned that and faced Goliath, but also in the cave, how did he respond? And how did he, in, in, in his dark night of the soul or his COVID season or whatever, it was the seven and a half years in the cave of Adullam. How is that part of the journey of learning for you to actually find your throne, meaning of reigning in life together with him on earth as it is in heaven, meaning you are now becoming into the fullness of love, power, and wisdom together. That's when he got the kingdom in Zion. So the whole journey from Bethlehem to Adullam to Ziglak and Hebron, and then all the way to Zion. We use that as a framework for people that wants to experiencing to develop in the lamb's heart, but also finding the authority in the lion and then operate just like David to find a throne so that you can reign in life. According to Romans, I think it is 517, reign in life together with him. So that's that's so much part of that journey. And I think that that's going to give a very good example for the ways of the lamb, because I feel like David, the way he responded, is kind of a, at least in the Old Testament, he was not perfect like Jesus the Lamb, but it is the closest example we have where what God saw a man after his own heart. And he saw even then in Psalm 51, when he did mess up, you see genuine repentance and the brokenness. And as a result, he could be broken. So this is so much of my heart. While Solomon came in and he learned to be a big, big lion because what he learned from his dad, but he didn't have that same large lamb's heart. And the byproduct of that, it should have been another generation 
but it stopped with Solomon and even the throne around the 12 lions. The identity was on a line in ruling and reigning without, excuse me, the authority was in the ruling and reigning, but the focus was not the identity, the secret of his father was mm. the way that he loved lambs. And I think that that should be a session. It doesn't matter if you're a housewife or businessman or school teacher, a nurse going to work. I'm talking about this as a lifestyle of getting to know the secret of Jesus. God loves us just the way we are, but he refuses for us to stay that way because he wants us to be just like Jesus. And that's when we're talking about what is it about this Jesus? And we talked about in the book of Revelation, but we're seeing what John the Baptist saw when he showed up. We saw it at the cross. We saw the lion roaring on the Sunday after the lion was slain on a Friday. And we are seeing the one that is ruling and reigning. But the way he does it, I don't think we have done a very good job when he sent the Holy Spirit and says, you're going to do the same things that I did and even greater things. I don't even think we've gone into the same things yet. Not even the greater things that he promised. Somehow there is a group of people in the end that are living and loving like Jesus, that fulfilled the great commission, that made it hard for people to go to hell and filled heaven where they are seated from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. And that's what the lamb was slain for before the foundation of the world, that all of those people was going to respond. And I still don't think the world knows yet. And that's part of my heart would be how powerful, how beautiful, how amazing Jesus the Lamb is. And when you capture that, suddenly the lion in you will be coming alive. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. And there are hundreds of sons and daughters on the earth today um, who are living this out. They are heroes. We sometimes call them hidden heroes. They are just living this thing out. Um, they are no-named heroes. They are truly laid-down lovers, and they're seeing their environments shift. They're seeing heaven on earth, and it is the same lifestyle that you're being invited to as a listener, that this is possible, but it requires you to lay down your life. It requires a life exchange, uh, your life for his life. <laughs> That's what we're being invited to. That's Those are the people being sent out. And if you find yourself frustrated in your faith, uh, perhaps it's time to revisit your yes to God, your first yes to him, to remember why you said yes, to remember what you said yes to, and to give a fresh yes. Um, and if you need help with that, or if you have more questions, please reach out to us. We want you to be a part of our family. You already are as a listener, but we want to be able to resource you. Um, and if you are interested in joining this masterclass, visit kingdomlifeblueprint.com. All the details you need are going to be there. We are starting on September 5th, so you have it from now until then to register. Um, it's a live journey. We'll be doing live coaching every week. It's more than coaching, though. It's encounter. It is heaven visits us every single live stream, and it is just the most phenomenal experience. Um, we have the most incredible testimonies that we'll continue to share on our podcast. Um, Leif, I just thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Before we end this podcast, will you pray for us? I would love to. Father, we just wanted to honor you as a good, good Papa, because that's who you are. I thank you, Jesus, for introducing me to the Father and show me a Father that looks just like you. I thank you, Jesus, that everything that you did is what you saw the Father do. And I want to ask, first of all, forgiveness in behalf of so many of us that have represented 
the world, a God that did not look like you, including myself. Of course, I did not know the core values of your life. I thank you, Jesus, that you are that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. I thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to leave heaven and come down to this earth and to, to actually give up everything that was perfect, including moving away from that oneness that you have with Father. You lived in oneness with him, but you came down to take on the very nature of a lamb and then to walk among us so that we could follow in your footsteps. But I thank you, Jesus, even as that lamb was slain and took the price and the divine exchange that took place on the cross and everything that is available for us. It was not just Jesus died for us. He died as us. And when he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. But when he rose again, we rose again together with him. And I thank you for the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I thank you for that roar that is being heard all over the world. And I thank you, Jesus, as you ascended and went to heaven. You went to heaven and you're back again on that throne. A beautiful lion with a lamb's heart. You send the Holy Spirit to each one of us as part of a guide, a counselor, a comforter, a paraclete. Somebody that's going to walk alongside us and show us the way of Jesus. Developing the hearts of Jesus. So that when we show up in life, that well, people will see. They will see a God that looks like Jesus to our life. Thank you that you, Jesus, didn't come to give us some kind of a self-improvement life. Or you didn't come there like, well, we were the lucky one. No, Jesus, you came to save us from our sin, save us from ourselves, to give us a new lifestyle, to take up that cross and following after you. You gave us an opportunity to die to self, but in the middle of that also to experience the resurrection of the newness, of becoming sons and daughters of glory that has a lamb's heart, that also can operate with the authority of the lion and the world will never be the same. So I bless you to be you, to step into that identity mm -hmm. so that you can find your authority. I just bless that as you're stepping into your destiny of what God created you to be. So even as you're going through a season and going low, low, low into the lamb's heart and experiencing, even in your own life, some of the things that is broken when you look at the lamb. And I thank you for that lamb. I thank you for the freedom that the lamb brings. Thank you for the cleansing. I thank you for the revival fire that comes by just being together with our lamb. And out of that, I know that our tongue gets set on fire. And when we roar, there's flames of fire, there's passions, there's purpose, there's something burning in us when we roar that is coming from that lamb's heart. So I thank you for the new breed of believers that you are raising up that is bringing such a faith, hope, and love to a world that desperately need it. And I thank you for all the people out there that are saying yes now. And even for the people that's going to join us for this masterclass this fall, I'm asking that you will send them to us. Jesus called mm -hmm. and let you send them to us because we don't want to try to help you with this. We want you to send us the ones that are supposed to come. So I stir up in the spirit right now, whoever is supposed to be part of this journey. We are looking for some ambassadors of love that can represent you, the king, in the right way with a big lamb's heart, people that has been given authority, would you have called them to be? Arise and shine, for your light has come. 
is not coming and mm -hmm. it has come. Yes, there's a diagnosis. There's going to be darkness all over the earth and gross darkness over the people. But in the middle of it, God says, hey, I got some good hope for you. There is going to be these roaring lands that is going to shine in the middle of it, that is going to burn brightly and not going to burn out. There is going to be those wise virgins that have oil on their lamps. They will have not, they have not left their first love. They will continue all the way to the end. And it will be the overcomers that is description in the book of ending, in the book of Revelation. And they will bring glory to the Lamb. In Jesus' name I release. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Leif. Bless you, listeners. We look forward to the next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.